All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night as I am recording this following the Denver Nuggets' loss to the Chicago Bulls' final score, 109-97. The Bulls absolutely blitzed Denver in the second half. Uh, They scored 63 points. Denver could only score 48. Uh, It was pretty bad. It was a really, really bad performance, and the bench was the big culprit there. Uh, Starters didn't have themselves a great day, but they didn't have a bad day either as a unit. So it's tough to stuff to fully like grade this one. It's it's just the bench. It's just the fact that Jamichael Green was minus twenty two in eleven minutes, and you make that minus eleven, and you still have a game. Like this shouldn't have been. Uh, the score that it was, uh, the entire bench crumpled and rolled over against a Chicago Bulls team that uh, should not have been like Ayo Dosumu, their rookie, played 42 minutes tonight. You should not be outclassed by those guys to that degree. I know they like Ayo Dosumu was minus two in his 42 minutes, but that means in the six minutes that he didn't play, the Bulls were a plus 14. It shouldn't be that difficult. And those bench minutes were the biggest culprit. Why? Uh, it's just It just doesn't take that long for them to give up these massive runs. Uh, I'm going to wait to talk about them until the second half or the second segment. First segment, we're going to talk about the starters. Second segment, we'll talk about the bench. Third segment, I want to talk about Tim Connolly and the Nuggets front office and how I think they kind of failed Denver in this situation. Uh, Just my perspective, just looking at things and trying to be honest with with how things are going right now. So, start with the starters, though. The Nuggets lose 109-97. Zach Levine scores 32 points, dishes out 8 assists. He was absolutely great tonight. Aaron Gordon was his primary defensive assignment, and Aaron Gordon had not a lot for him. Uh, Zach Levine shoots 13 of 23, and probably could have shot even better. And he he got hot towards the end of it and it wasn't all on Aaron Gordon. Don't be like like don't be crazy here. Uh Jokic didn't have a great defensive game. Uh Gordon didn't have a great defensive game. I thought Barton was really bad defensively as well, though you understand why when he uh, has to carry such a heavy load in the minutes that he plays with the bench. Uh let's start with Jokic though. 17 points, 12 rebounds, 15 assists. That is an absurd stat line. That is bonkers. 15 assists is really, really high. It's one of the highest numbers in the NBA this year. And there is a reason for that. Uh, well, one one reason, I one thing I will say, I thought the Bulls scorers table, uh, the statisticians, whoever was crediting assists, was pretty generous. There were some Jokic assists that were... Jokic passes to a guy, they face up, take two dribbles, make a move, and then Jokic gets an assist on what really shouldn't have been credited that. So it wouldn't surprise me if this number came down at some point. Uh, But he still was creating those shots in a lot of cases. He still was like, guys were running off of DHOs. He was passing guys open out of double teams in the first half. Uh, He was very good for much of this game from a passing perspective. Only committed three turnovers when compared to 15 assists. That's a great number. That's a great 
real like real great number. But he also shot six of seventeen from the field, and I thought he got off to a really bad start uh, by settling for a lot of threes. Four of those threes, I'm pretty sure, came in the first half, one in the second half, and it just didn't feel like he was fully engaged uh, from a scoring perspective. He was very much okay with, oh, the Bulls are doubling me. I, I am good. I don't have to carry the load now because the starters came out and they were great. Uh, Denver won the first quarter 27 to 18, and uh, the Bulls shot like hell. They were they were really bad in that first quarter. Denver was very good, and they ultimately gave back a little bit of that when the bench came in, and then in the second quarter especially. But it just seems like Denver has to carry, and Jokic has to carry so much of the burden that the moment he relaxes, uh, specifically end of the second quarter, beginning of the third quarter, the moment he relaxes is when everything falls apart. Because the bench really screwed Denver in that second quarter. They put them in foul trouble immediately. Jokic and the starters, they had they were struggling for a while there. And 6 of 17, Jokic didn't do himself any favors with the shots that he was taking. Don't get me wrong. But it's got to be frustrating. That he came, like he left the game and gave Denver a double-digit lead, and by the time he came back, it was gone. That happens every single time, and it's got to be frustrating to to see that over and over again. That the only time when it didn't happen was against New York, and frankly, like he was the reason why that that plus-minus was as high as it was in the New York game because when he came out, Denver was actually a minus in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So. I don't know. I know people like I think Michael Malone said it really well tonight. He basically said, let me pull up the quote. Actually, I'd rather do that justice rather than try to say something completely different. Um, The crazy thing is, I don't think he had a great game. It's so unfair because Nicola needs to be great every night. And when he's not great, it's like, come on, Nicola. Uh, because there's only one button for Yoke, for Malone to push right now, and it's the Nikola Jokic button, and he does a whole bunch for this Nuggets team, and 17 points, 15 assists, 12 rebounds, I think says it best, that when he's 6 of 17 and not 10 of 17, then the Nuggets are screwed. Then they have nothing going for them. Because, let's face it, if they were, like if he was 10 of 17 at the time that he exited, then Denver is in this game. But it's hard to put that on him. It's hard to put that on him every single time. Like he turned into best player in the league mode last game against the New York Knicks. And now he wasn't the best player in the league tonight. And he was still a plus seven in 36 minutes and Denver lost by 12. Could have played better. But I I just don't know how Denver can continue to ask this of him every single night. It's unfair. It really is. Aaron Gordon was up and down. Like I said, defense was okay. Not great. Uh, he is the best of a lot of bad options on defending Zach Levine. But Levine got a whole bunch of separation. And uh, there were times where Gordon went back and tried to dish it out to Levine on the other end. But... 
he finished with 18 points on 16 shots. That's not a good enough efficiency level to try to beat a team that's just killing you on the other end. Uh, The Bulls tonight had a 111 offensive rating. Denver had 98.7. This according to the ESPN box score plug-in. Obviously, the bench offensive rating was closer to 60. So Denver's starters were pretty good, but they needed to be great. And 7 of 16 isn't going to cut it. Just like 6 of 17 for Jokic isn't going to cut it. Uh, It's just unfair, but it is what it is. Um, Six rebounds for Gordon. I'm not concerned that it's a lower number than normal because Jeff Green had 13 rebounds. He was great. Uh, Very, very, very good performance from Jeff Green tonight. I thought that he was pretty solid. It, It wasn't a bad game from him by any means, despite the fact that there were a couple moments. Okay, he didn't close out as hard as he probably could have on this play. Derek Jones Jr. shot a a three over him at one point where he rotated off of him. I don't blame him for rotating off of Derek Jones Jr. to stop something easier. Uh, If Jones Jr. is hitting threes, then you're losing. It's just kind of how it is. Uh, Ayo Dosumu, same thing. Uh, 11 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds for Ayo Dosumu on the opposing side. If he's killing you, then it's it's just kind of is what it is. Uh, but Jeff Green, 13 rebounds is one of the biggest numbers that he's had. as a, It's definitely the biggest number he's had as a nugget. I'm not sure if there's any other number that's really close. I can't remember if he's had a double-digit rebounding game. So somebody check that for me. But he had a lot of, uh, he had a lot of contested rebounds where Jokic had the contests on the shot. And Jeff Green was very good kind of cleaning that up, which is exactly what you need. Monte Morris, uh, he had a really good night. That's what I will say. Uh, 19 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 1 turnover, 8 of 13 from the field. Uh, 3 of 5 from 3 is a really good sign. Uh, shot the ball with confidence on multiple occasions. One of them was off the dribble on a Jokic two-man game. I know at least one of them was kind of in transition, taking a shot in rhythm on the right wing. Uh, you like to see that. You absolutely like to see that. And he just seems like a guy where you know it's going to happen at some points, and he's just been on the precipice with as great of a mid-range performance as he has put on, been on the precipice of being really good on the offensive end. And uh, I'm really hopeful that he continues to progress in that regard. Sorry, got a little bit quiet because this cat just jumped into my arms as I'm trying to podcast. Uh all right, yeah, let's let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about this bench. I think that they are absolutely at fault here, and we need to talk about the, the individual elements. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and roll, Ryan Blackman here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's discuss this bench unit and something that I think is going to be an ongoing trend for Denver. Uh, 
as they continue to have guys in the second units uh, that have been out due to COVID protocols. So PJ Dozier, obviously, that is an issue for them uh, going forward where just kind of lose some of that consistency, though he obviously wasn't having a great year. Uh, but Bones Highland and Austin Rivers being out, that is also a big deal. And it wasn't a big deal against the Knicks where Denver just had their three-point shooting going. But when you don't have the three going, you need somebody to create off the dribble, and Bones can do that. And you need somebody to defend and, and play solid defense and switch and just kind of make something happen for out of nothing, and Austin Rivers can do that too. So uh, Denver not having those guys, Denver being completely short-staffed, I think that really took a toll on them this game where they kind of just handed the ball off to Will Barton and said, okay, Will, you got to save us. You got to take care of us tonight. And Barton tried. He really, really tried. He took 20 shots, 19 points, 8 of 20, 3 of 9 from the field. Zero free throws, I think, is a problem. He's been very jump shot happy. And I'm just going to look at his shot chart real quickly just to see how many shots there actually were in the paint. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he was one of six around the painted area. That's not great. Uh, but that means he was seven of 14 outside the paint on jumper. So you get the yin and the yang there. And if he makes his shots around the rim, then you might feel a little bit better about it. But the fact is he didn't. And that was kind of a, a general trend of this Nuggets group where Jamichael Green, Zeke Naji, Faku Composite, they didn't make their jumpers tonight. And not having those guys make jumpers makes things difficult and massively difficult for everybody else. Where Davon Reed kind of unfairly, like, he takes only one shot tonight, and it's uh, it's definitely not easy with him, but clearly a different level of performance from uh, first game to second game, and it's not really his fault. He's kind of a symptom of the problem, not a symptom, but uh, he's he's part of the not part of the solution, but he's definitely not a symptom of the problem either. He's just a complimentary wing, and he didn't get any opportunities to be a complimentary wing tonight. They were just very much uh, not forthcoming. But yeah, let's talk about Jermichael Green. Uh, one of eight from the field in 11 minutes, 0 of two from three, three rebounds, uh, just couldn't finish around the rim, couldn't hit the outside shots, had three personal fouls, uh, minus 22 on the night. And it's it's just bad. It has just been a nightmare season following a nightmare game here from Jermichael Green. He has been uh, the through line in many of Denver's games where the bench has been really bad. And you, you, you at various points, Denver went away from Faku. They went away from Rivers. They went away from... Jeff Green with the bench unit. They put him in the starting unit. Uh, P.J. Dozier was in and out. Bones Highland's in and out. Uh, but through it all, Jermichael Green has mostly been the backup center option, save for the games where Nikola Jokic wasn't out there. And then he started. Uh, but there have just been no good Jermichael Green games. Like, straight up. There just have not been the same level of Jamaica Green performances that there were last last year. 
where he's picking up a bunch of rebounds, where he is uh, doing everything he can as an outside shooter. Last year, he shot 41% from three, and this year, uh, he's down to 19.6, and it's it's been over a quarter of the season now. Uh, my friend Matt Moore, a friend of the program at HP Basketball, I think he takes a very concerted view on this to look at the career and look at everything that that player has done uh, through this point to just provide a more uh, holistic evaluation of a player where you can be a little bit reactionary in the moment. Fans like me, like like all of us, are, are pretty reactionary on these things. But I think it's been enough time. I think we've given and offered enough time to really see if he could turn it around. But the fact is, is that Jermichael Green's hit a three in seven of the 21 games he's played. Seven of the 22, excuse me. Uh, he just keeps missing. He's down to 40% from the field. He doesn't roll to the rim, doesn't really protect the rim on the other side, and Denver's defense falls off a cliff whenever Jokic leaves the floor, and a lot of it has to be attributed to the drop-off from Jokic to Green. Like, I know that Jokic has had a much improved defensive season, but he's not like, like, he's not Rudy Gobert out there. He's just Jokic, and it shouldn't be so hard to craft a defense around Jamichael Green as the center. It, it really shouldn't be. And, and the fact is, is that he's not moving as well as he was. He looks like he's stuck in cement half the time, and he gives a lot of fouls because he's out of position. And it's just kind of getting to a point now where Denver, you have to be looking around at other options. You have to be trying to find out, okay, can we – can we see if Vlaco Chanchar can do anything? Can we see if Peter Cornelie has anything? Can we see if Zeke Naji's best as a center and then staggering Aaron Gordon with the second unit instead? Uh, there's something there, I guess. But what, what it really says to me is that the fact that they signed him in the offseason, I'm going to get to this in the third segment, the fact that they signed him in the offseason and then this is what they have to show for it, it's just bad. It, it's a it's a big waste of a resource where you could have brought back a, a more solid backup center option that if Jokic is not having the best game or if he's out for a few games or maybe he gets suspended like he did, then you have a little bit more of a stable option behind him. Jamichael Green has been anything but stable. He's been, or, well, he's been stable, but he's been just a downward arrow for most of the year. That sucks to say because he was very, very good last year. He was a better player than Paul Millsap. So it sucks. It really does. Uh, but you can't, like, you can't dwell on these things. Or maybe they should. We'll get to that in the third segment. Faku Composo, 0 of 5 tonight, uh, 0 points, had 5 assists, which makes up for it a little bit, but uh, he missed 2 mid-range shots. Not sure why he took those, and like there were there were very, uh, like one of them was pretty early in the shot clock too. It just, it seems like if that's the shot you're working for, then you're working for the wrong thing. 
uh, missed two layups, and he missed a wide-open corner three. Uh, but he's also a non-factor on the defensive end, and he did get a steal. Uh, it was one of five steals that Denver had on the game, but it just doesn't seem like against bigger offensive players that he has a lot to offer on the defensive end when when players are under control, when they're not trying to go right at him, but they instead just play it patiently. Uh, he just didn't really have a lot for it. And there's a reason why Dasumu had eight assists. He wasn't doing it in the starting unit. He was doing a, a lot against Faku. There was a lot of times where he was passing right over him to Vucevic or uh, kicking it out to Zach Levine or Lonzo Ball or Derek Jones Jr., guys like that. Uh, he was probably doing the same thing against Monte Morris, so I don't want to just malign Faku for that, but Faku's got to be great. He's got to be better. He has to improve over what he's been doing lately uh, from a defensive perspective because right now, like the, the best thing about him has been his offensive game. He's been driving the ball hard to the rim. He's been creating open shot opportunities for teammates and uh, still created some open shots for teammates, but not to enough of the bench unit guys that I think it it just it just wasn't cohesive. It wasn't helpful. And maybe he racks up eight to ten assists if the bench guys are hitting more shots. But fact is is that he's got to hit some shots too. And uh I didn't like the shot selection that he did have tonight. There was one where he passed out of a a shot that was right under the basket. A uh, wide open layup where Jokic found him. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was Jokic. And then he kicks it out to Zeke Naji, who's got a toe on the line uh, for a, a corner three-point shot. And pretty emblematic of Faku's season as a whole. He just hasn't been comfortable going at the rim. And not being able to finish at the rim is a big problem. Uh, especially if it's only against guys that are like 6'2". Zeke Naji made one jumper tonight from the corner with his toe onto the line. Like I said, that was his only two points of the game. Had three rebounds, had a foul, uh, very uninvolved tonight. The fact that he had one three-point attempt, I guess technically, I mean, not technically two, but should have been two, but he had a toe on the line. Uh, Not enough three-point attempts for a guy that just went five of nine from three. Uh, he was not involved enough. And standing around watching Jamichael Green work in the middle of the floor where he's operating as the pick-and-pop guy and Najee not being involved I think is a mistake. I, I genuinely do. Like Denver should be sticking Jamichael Green in the corner in a lot of these plays or, or on the baseline or something like that. Uh, he should not be the focal point. And he is pretty much every possession. That's not good enough. That's just not how Denver's going to create an advantage. Uh, Tony Bradley was plus 18 in 12 minutes tonight. uh, And it really wasn't anything that he did. He had three points, six rebounds, an assist, and a block. Uh, I don't remember who the block was on either. But it really was because of 
everything else that was going on. And Jermichael Green should be able to demolish Tony Bradley. But the fact that he didn't, I think it says a lot about where he's at. Dave Reed, like I said, uh, just pretty nondescript game from him. He was definitely not the solution, but he definitely wasn't the problem either. On the whole, the bench scored five points in non-garbage time. Five points on two of 18 from the field. Just 0 of 4 from 3. Only getting up four threes is a problem. Um, and then 1 of 2 from the line. That was Najee getting to the line. That was it. That's all I got. That's that's the that's what they had for tonight. So, look. Denver's offense needs to be better. Uh, they started this game shooting a very robust number from 3. And then that kind of bottomed out from under them. You can't be dependent on the three-pointer. I wrote about it tonight that you have to be able to attack the rim. You have to be able to shoot efficiently in the painted area and take advantage of that size advantage. And uh, Aaron Gordon didn't do that well enough tonight. Jeff Green was fine. Will Barton was one of six in the restricted area or around it. Jokic was bad. Um, there was just a lot to not like from the starting group, and then the bench obviously had nothing for it either. So if you're going to score 97 points against the Chicago Bulls, you're signing your own death warrant. Uh, that's that's just how it, how it is. There, there shouldn't be any real concerns or questions beyond that. It's, uh, it's written in stone at that point. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss Tim Connolly. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I want to talk about Tim Connolly. I want to talk about the Nuggets front office specifically and the decisions that they made uh, during this offseason. I think that so much of what Denver has done, given that they had um, given that they had the run that they did with Murray, Barton, Porter, Gordon, and Jokic for the brief time that they had. A lot of what they had centered around the fact that they had a core four going forward of Murray, Porter, Gordon, and Jokic, and that they believed in Will Barton, and they wanted to bring him back, and they wanted to go for a title. And they thought that, okay, you're going to have Porter for all of this. You're going to, like, it's unforeseeable that you're going to not have him for an entire season. You're going to have Dozier. You're going to have Monte Morris and Fock, who's going to step in, and Bones. And you're, you're excited about the group that you have. And so you don't necessarily need to have targeted signings uh, during that free agency period. Here's where Denver's roster stood after they uh, drafted Bones in the first round. You had the core four of Murray, Porter, Gordon, and Jokic. Uh, Barton was a free agent, so discount him. And then you had several guard options and several forward options, uh, no center options. Uh, you had Morris, Faku, Bones, and Dozier. And for different reasons, you like all of those guys. You think, okay, Morris is going to be your spot starter. Faku is going to be your reserve guy. Bones can be your rookie. They, you don't know what, what he's going to do, but uh, you hope that he can contribute. And then you've got Dozier. 
and you're going to like what he contributes because he's versatile and still has more room to grow. And then forward options, you've got Flacco Chanchar, Zeke Naji, and Bol Bol. Those guys are unproven. Flacco and Bull especially. I think Zeke proved something last year where he could step in and fill a niche role. Uh, so you're looking to fill out your forwards. You're looking to fill out your bigs. And with those four roster spots left, Denver knew that they had to sign Will Barton, and they did. Resigned him for two years, $30 million. Then they re-signed Jamichael Green for two years, $17 million. And he has a year two player option there. And Okay, it makes sense as long as you you solidify the the backup five option because Jermichael Green's not really a backup center, but he is going to play some big minutes and he can slide to the five on occasion. So should be fine. No big deal. And they re-signed Austin Rivers. One year deal, minimum deal. And you think, okay, so they've, they've now filled 14 of their spots. Austin Rivers is kind of insurance just in case Monte or Faku go down. If Bones isn't ready, at least you have another veteran option in there, and that makes sense. And they signed Jeff Green, uh, who had two years, $10 million, year two player options. Pretty, pretty good deal. Pretty solid deal for somebody that's very respected around the league. And it raised some eyebrows with me, but I definitely think that, I mean, he's a good player. Better player than a lot of the other guys on the bench. And they fill out the two-way spots with Marcus Howard and Peter Cornelly. And you can't necessarily expect a ton with your two-way roster spots, but I thought that signing Marcus Howard was kind of a letdown just because you've got so many guards. And even though you're missing Jamal Murray, um, he's not dead. He's coming back at some point. And if you sign Bones Highland and you bring back Austin Rivers and you still have all the other guys, I'm not sure what purpose Marcus Howard really serves. Peter Cornelly, though, was pretty interesting because he's kind of a more of a center option, somebody who can roll to the rim, somebody who can play inside and outside, but you never know. Like, like let's let's just see how this plays out. It was drafted by Denver back in 2016. So let's do good, bad, bad and ugly then. Good, bad, and ugly, excuse me. Two good things. Will Barton at $15 million per year, great number. With how he's played so far, with what he's had to do, kind of stepping in for Porter, stepping in for Murray, uh, just being a very consistent option and somebody who could carry bench units, uh, he's done pretty well for that number. Uh, Don't really have any qualms with them giving Will Barton that money. Who else were they going to give that to? I don't know. Uh, If they gave it to anybody else that wasn't as much of a self-creator as Barton, then I'm not sure that the bench would be, like, the bench would be worse. They would be in a way worse spot. Another good, Jeff Green being a replacement starter for $5 million a year. That is a great number, too. Denver initially planned for him to be a bench guy, but now they get him to be a starter, and he replaces Michael Porter, and I think he's done a pretty reasonable job with it. You don't want that. You don't necessarily game plan for that, but you knew that Jeff Green was going to play a lot of minutes and you didn't know how, but he steps in, fills in as a starter next to Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic, Will Barton, Monte Morris. The bad though, Austin Rivers has not had a good year. Hasn't really given Denver any of the scoring or defense they need. Uh, 
he was supposed to be a veteran option that could fill in over Bones Highland, but the fact is, is that Bones is already a better player. Bones is already somebody that Denver needs out there on a consistent basis because of how much more dynamic he is. And that's uh, that says a lot about where both players are at in their careers and where Bones could still go. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he has going forward. Um, but yeah, Austin Rivers just not really getting it uh, from that perspective. Wish Denver had gotten somebody bigger, uh, given the P.J. Dozier's now out. Definitely makes more sense had they gone for a wing as opposed to a backup guard. Um I still understand that signing, though. I'm definitely not going to question it. Uh, Jamichael Green, though, that signing I am going to question. Because if the plan was to go get Jeff Green, and then the plan was going to be Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon in the front court, then Jeff Green kind of being the super sub forward behind them, I'm not sure what Jamichael Green does. Not sure, like... I don't think anybody really factored in him not being able to shoot anymore. And so maybe that's all this is. Maybe he just needs to be shooting a a 40% clip and it looks a lot better. But it just seems like he he just does not have the dynamic ability to be the rim roller that the bench needs. And it's actively hurting the team on the offensive end at this point that they run pick and roll, and, and it's not really pick and roll anymore because he's not rolling to the rim. He pops, and he always goes out to the three-point line, and that's what he does best. The problem is he's not doing it at all. And Denver needs a good pick and pop option. It's one of the reasons why Zeke Nashi has been so big for that group. But they also need somebody who can roll to the rim. They need more players who can put pressure on the rim. It isn't just about Will Barton carrying the load as a playmaker. He's carrying the the load as a rim runner. It's the only person who goes to the rim on the bench. Because when Jermichael Green goes there, he's struggling to finish efficiently. Zeke Naji struggles to finish around the rim. Faku, like, that's, that's laughable. Faku cannot finish around the rim. Somebody else needs to. And... You would hope that it would be Jermichael Green, but I'm I'm actually kind of concerned that this is more of just an aging trend as opposed to a down couple months. I guess we're going to find out over the course of these next couple if he can bounce back. But if he's still shooting 20 to 25% from three on the year, that's not a good look. That's 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 not great because he's getting open shots. He's getting the same shots that he got last year. He's just not hitting them as much, and the defense has been worse. So, the ugly, though, on this front office situation is that Denver bet all of their money on Jermichael Green working. They probably obviously didn't factor in that Michael Porter could be out for the season. But hypothetically, let's say Michael Porter was back. Let's say he was fully healthy. Let's say he's playing 30 minutes. He's playing a bunch of minutes at the three, pushes Aaron Gordon to the four. Jokic is still playing a bunch of minutes at the five. So does that mean that Jeff Green's now playing 15 to 20 minutes? That Zeke Naji's not playing at all and Jermichael Green is still playing 10 to 15? 
because Michael Porter being back doesn't change the fact that either Jeff Green's going to be the backup center or Jermichael Green's going to be the backup at center. Denver didn't go get an actual backup center. They decided to go zero zero running backs, uh, like you're a fantasy football guy. They decided that, hey, we don't need a backup center. He wasn't being played last year. Isaiah Hartenstein was wasted in Denver despite being a good player. JaVale McGee, never given an actual opportunity to help. Uh, Michael Malone decided he wanted to go with Paul Millsap. And so Tim Connolly did what he thought was right. Gave Michael Malone a Paul Millsap approximate in Jamichael Green, as well as a more versatile wing slash forward option in Jeff Green, who could be kind of a playoff utility piece, if you will. Uh, So I'm not surprised that he didn't go with a backup center. The problem was still hanging on to Vlako Chanchar, still hanging on to Bull Bull, using Peter Cornelly as the two-way option, Marcus Howard as the two-way option, Austin Rivers even as a bench guard option. None of those guys are really helping out Denver right now. There's a lot of uh, kind of needing to trim the fat on Denver's roster right now, where they're just not getting a lot from the back end. And it would be nice to have somebody that is 6'10 or taller that could run to the rim athletically, that could set good screens, that could be a presence on the glass. Uh, Denver just doesn't have that. They have to go small. They're being outsized by Tony Bradley and Troy Brown Jr. That's just bad. It's just really, really bad. It's not a great look for the front office. I think that they need to shoulder some blame here because Denver cannot run pick and roll. Nor can they guard it. They're struggling on both ends with that unit. And it's not just Jermichael Green. We did this with Faku Campazo early in the season. It's not just Jermichael Green. I think he would look better as the four playing next to a true five in some cases. He'd play better next to Jokic, where Jokic is creating shots for him, much like he's creating shots for Jeff Green. That's what good veterans do, and I still think that Jermichael Green is a good player. But he's not performing right now. And I think that something needs to be done. Because I just don't see where the other solution is. Like, Denver needs an actual solution if they are going to get some wins, bank some wins, and kind of separate themselves from the rest of the Western Conference middle pack. Because right now they're not good enough. And I just don't know where they go from here. Because what's Michael Malone supposed to do? He can't just play bull bull. Like, that's not going to work. It's already, it's it's on the no-fly list already. Uh, Vlako Chanchar, maybe playing him, moving Zeke Naji to the five, going even smaller. Uh, maybe that's, maybe that works. I think Zeke is a better option as the five than Jermichael Green. Because he's going to provide a little bit more mobility. And as long as he's going to be in the, the pick and pop, You know he's going to be a guy that can hit those shots. As long as you have a guy who's hitting 40% on the pick and pop shots, if he's getting four to five of those shots a game, then you can live with the results. It also kind of opens up the paint in that case because the defense has to respect his jumper. They don't really have to respect Jermichael Green right now. They haven't had to all year. 
But yeah, it's not going to be Bobol. It could it be Vlaco at the fours? You get the five, maybe. That's that's a a, a weak maybe. Peter Cornelie, I mean, you're already going to two-way contract options. That's just not a tenable solution, in my opinion. Denver not having a center option outside of Jermichael Green. It it just, I feel like that was short-sighted. I feel like if they did it over, they would try something different. They would probably go for an actual seven-footer. Maybe they would just re-sign JaVale McGee. Go with Jeff Green and JaVale McGee off the bench and just see how those guys did. I would be okay with that. I'd, I'd know that that might not be the most solid option for a playoff series, but that's what happens. If you if you have Michael Porter, if you have Aaron Gordon, if you have Nikola Jokic, those guys are each playing 36 to 40 minutes a night anyway. So just stagger Jeff Green, play a little Zeke Naji, and you can get through it in that case. But that's a playoff option. We're just trying to get through the regular season here. We're trying to make Faku Campazzo and Bones Highland and all these other guys playable in that sense. December 15th is about a week from now. Half the league becomes eligible to be traded at that point. Will they wait it out? Will they just hope that Jamichael Green turns it around? Will they pull the trigger? Will they try to save their season? Will they try to find another center option? in the short term, to play behind Nikola Jokic. I think it's more likely that they try to wait it out and see if Jermichael Green can turn it around, but the fact is that they they are only down to two options now. Those are the two options. There are no other options, and that is sad. That is a, a really sad thing, in my opinion. I think that the front office needs to needs to think about that strongly. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. I will be back probably tomorrow just to maybe lighten the mood a little bit, maybe talk to somebody new, uh, just to prep for the upcoming back-to-back that is going to come up. There's going to be a lot of basketball to talk about over the course of this week. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.